Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. All right, so we are in the book of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to continue our line-by-line, verse-by-verse study of this incredible book. If I was going to give the sermon a title today, it would be Walking in a Manner Worthy of the Gospel. Now that's a hard thing to do. But we are commanded over and over in Scripture to do just that. So turn, if you would, to Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, and we'll finish the chapter today. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. In no way be alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction to them, but of salvation for you. And that too is from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his name's sake experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here in me as well. So we're going to focus on living our lives worthy of the gospel. What in the world does that mean? Now we know we are saved simply by faith in Jesus Christ. We put our trust in him and immediately we are a child of God. We are born again of the transformative work of the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives. But that faith leads to a life that is pleasing to the Lord. It leads to us living a life and abiding in Christ to bear good fruit, to be ambassadors of Christ everywhere we go. So today I want to really camp on that verse and really explore what are some ways we can live our life that's going to be pleasing to the Lord and walk in a manner worthy of, of the gospel. You can turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, and Jesus tells us quite plainly a few things of what we do and what we need to do to live our lives pleasing to the Lord. It says this, Matthew 10, 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I think it's appropriate that on this baby dedication Sunday that we're talking about really priorities of life. And here it sounds kind of crazy. It says, if you love your mom and dad more than you love me, you are not worthy of me. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of me. I mean, I don't know about you, but as a parent, I love my son with a depth of love that only compares to the love I have for my bride. It is such a deep love, yet anything that we put before God becomes a what? An idol. 
in anything in your life that you put before God, I can assure you that idol God will not allow. That's why if you want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, the first thing you need to do is get your priorities straight. He goes on to say in verse 38, And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. A few gleanings from this instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, your first love has to be who? God. Your first love, the thing that you love more than anything else in this life, has to be God. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will never fail you. He will never let you down. He will never divorce you. He will never hurt you. And so our deepest compassion, our deepest love has to be for God. And second in this text, he said, take up your cross and follow after me. If you don't do that, you're not worthy of me. So that's dying to our flesh daily. Really, Paul talked about crucifying our flesh every day. So number one, God needs to be first priority in our life. Number two, we have to crucify the flesh. Everything in us that is not pleasing to God, we take every thought captive to what? Obedience to Christ, and we crucify our flesh. We must seek and serve God above all. What did Jesus promise? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all your needs will be met. I really believe that the number one priority in our life has to be to live lives pleasing to the Lord or to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 22, verse 8. Of course, this is a parable of the Lord. And Jesus said, then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited, note this, are not worthy. Okay, who were the ones that were invited? That, that was the nation of Israel. You see, God sent Christ, the Messiah, to be the, the Messiah for the nation of Israel first. And they were the invited guests, but they didn't come. They rejected Christ, most of them except the Pharisees. And he said, the wedding's ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Note this. Go, therefore, to the main highways, as many as you find there, and invite them to the wedding feast. And those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. These people were not worthy because they did not respond to the call of God in their life. So what do we have so far? Love God first above everything else. Number two, crucify your flesh. Number three, respond to the call of God in your heart. If you know what is right to do, what you should be doing, do it unto the Lord. If you know something you're doing is wrong, stop doing it as unto the Lord, so that the blessing can come. But it's just not responding to the call of God. Oh, yeah. 
Hold on one second, guys. Oh, there we go. All right, I had to expand the PowerPoint. All right. It's just not responding to the call of God, but being properly clothed. Note this in the parable, verse 11, still of Matthew 22. But when the king came to look over the dinner guests, remember he sent slaves. Those that were invited refused to come. And so he said, go out into the highways and the byways and gather whoever will come, both evil and good. Why? Because Jesus paid for their sin. And if they come, they have faith in Christ. He becomes the ticket to enter the wedding feast. Are you with me? But when the king came and looked over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Note this. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Folks, that's a scary passage. But he didn't have his clothes on. So what are those wedding clothes? The Bible tells us plainly in Revelation chapter 19, starting at verse 7. It says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride, the church, that's you and I corporate, has made herself ready, and it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. Note this. She didn't make her own clothes. It was given to her clothing. Fine linen, bright and clean. But notice what it was made out of. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. It's interesting that we are saved simply through faith in Jesus Christ. However, appears the things we do for God bearing fruit... And that's why Jesus said, unless you abide in me, you cannot bear fruit. But those that abide in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. That fruit is loving our neighbor as ourself. It's loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's doing acts of kindness in the name of Jesus Christ. It is loving the unlovable. It is allowing our faith to activate works in our life. Goes on to say, verse 9, Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you living your life in such a way that God looks down at you and says, Well done, precious son, precious daughter. I'm proud of you. Are you living your life in such a way that God is pleased with you? In Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus told us, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes on so that he will not walk about in nakedness and men will not see his shame. What are the clothes? 
the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ that God gives us as born-again believers. You know, that's how we are able to enter into the throne room of God in prayer, because of Christ's imputed righteousness on us. We receive that free gift, but then we start living in such a way as to be pleasing to God. Living a life worthy of the gospel is living a life that is indeed pleasing to the Lord. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 7. And Paul had just listed a whole list of things that are all about the world, worldly things, envy, lust, all these other things. And he said, therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Literally, walk means to live your life. Live your life as a child of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. You know, every decision we make... We should stop, and the first test needs to be this. God, will this please you and bring glory and honor to you if I do this? If I move here, will this be pleasing to you? Is this part of your will for my life? You know, Paul said, don't say uh, next week we're going to move to such and such a place and conduct business there, but say if God wills, we will do this or that. It's putting God first in your life, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Every decision you make, it's growing in our walk with Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Finally, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction on how you ought to walk or live and please God as you actually do, that you excel still more. For you know what commands we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So part of living a life pleasing to the Lord is obeying the word of God. In Romans chapter 8, it says, all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you actually said, God, I need you to instruct me what I should do in this situation. Lord, is it really your will for me to work here or go here or do this or do that? Lord, I'm open to your leading and your instruction. Sometimes he's silent. You know, when that happens, I believe he trusts the decision you're going to make. Other times, he leads you with that still, small voice. Other times, it might be a sermon that you hear, and the pastor says something, and the Holy Spirit says, that's the answer. That's what you've been looking for right there. But he will confirm, Cheryl and I, before we make a decision, and we've done this our whole married life, 30 years, by the way, this month. We get three confirmations from God before we do anything of significance. Now, I've told you before in the morning, 
there's plenty of Starbucks to go to in, in Rancho Santa Margarita. I, what are there, five? <laughs> but before I go, I say, Lord, which Starbucks do you want me to go to? I know some of you say that's silly. Oh, no, it's not, because when he puts it on my heart, whichever one, the one by Lowe's, okay, I'm driving there as an ambassador of Christ. God sent me there with a purpose, with a mission, and I get there not to get coffee. I get there to see, Lord, who is it that you want me to talk to? Who here is in need that needs encouraged or needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ or needs prayer? And I look around and inevitably God will put someone on my heart. And I go up to him and guess what I say? God sent me to you. I could have went to a many Starbucks, but God said, come to here, and I saw you and the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you're at or what you believe, but God loves you. And that is powerful, and that makes life an adventure. When we live our lives to build the kingdom of God, to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting world, where we actually live as we're commanded to do as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, going forth to make disciples. I can't tell you how many times it was a divine appointment when I did that. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. You can turn there if you like. It says, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked. Again, remember, walked means you lived in it. This was who you are. Hey, pre-Christ in your life, you were filled with anxiety, you were filled with lust, you were filled with envy and jealousy and anger and frustration and depression, and you needed anything in this world to get your mind off of the filth that your, your life was in. And so you pursue drugs or alcohols or illicit relationships outside of a marriage between a man and a woman. But when you became born again, old things are gone. But the Bible says all things become new. You become a new creation in Christ. And the refreshment of the Holy Spirit comes and replaces all those negative emotions with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. In them you once walked, the old things, when you were living in them, but now you also have put aside anger and wrath and malice and slander and abusive speech from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, since you laid aside your old self with the evil practices. Remember, you crucify yourself daily and have put on a new self, transformed by the Holy Spirit who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. You see, we are a new creation in Christ when we're born again. 
when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 11, Colossians chapter 3, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or scathian, slave and free man, but in Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, of humility, of gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should forgive. Beyond all of these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know, the greatest thing that I've experienced as a child of God is his supernatural peace in the midst of whatever circumstance I face. You know, all hell could be breaking loose, and I have a confident peace. Lord, if it's my time to go home, hallelujah, I'm going home to heaven, I'm going to see you soon. Lord, if I have to stay here, hallelujah, you've got a plan and a purpose for me. Even as Paul in prison at midnight cried out in songs of praise and worship and adoration to God, and that's what set him free. So every circumstance we go through as a child of God, God will give us the strength to endure. He'll give us the peace to have the joy of the Lord regardless of the circumstance that we face. Living lives pleasing to the Lord or worthy of the gospel is obedience to God's word. We talked about it, but turn, if you would, to 2 John chapter 1, verse 4. It says, I was very glad to find some of your children, note this, walking in truth, living their lives in truth just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. And this is love, Second John chapter 1, skip down to verse 6, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it or live your life in it. In Third John chapter 1, verse 3, John goes on to say, For I was very glad, brethren, when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth. That's staying immersed in the word of God. It's abiding in God's light. It's living your life as children of light. It's living your life in humility, which is strength under control. And it's preferring others above yourself. In Ephesians chapter, one, starting at, or chapter 4, starting at verse 1, Paul wrote, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I believe if we Christians began to love the way God commands us to, we would be known quite differently in the world. And walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, lastly, 
is the supernatural result of saving faith. If you strive in the flesh to please God, you will find yourself like Paul. Who will deliver me from this body of wickedness? Oh, the struggle of trying to be a good Christian with your own strength. You can't do it. You've got to run to the Lord and say, I can't do it. I can't love my neighbor. You don't know my neighbor, God. He's like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Lord, I need your help. I can't love the unlovable. But guess what? God's Holy Spirit in you, as we abide in Christ, bears the good fruit of love. And all of a sudden, you can love even your enemies. That's the greatest difficult, most hard command in Scripture. Jesus said, love your enemies. What? <laughs> I don't want to. You can't do it. But when you run to the Lord and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live a life pleasing to you, supernaturally you begin to bear fruit of the Spirit by God, not by your own strength. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 6, and worship team, come on up. It says, therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and be home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition whether at home, here, or absent, home with the Lord, to be pleasing to Him. I pray that we would, from this moment, every decision we make, Lord, is this pleasing to You? Lord, if I do this, will this bring glory and honor to You? You see, the more you do that, the more God pours out His refreshing Holy Spirit into your life. Jesus said again, I said at the baby baptism, he who believes in me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Folks, that living water brings refreshment to your soul. It fills you with the good fruit of the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would all strive to live lives pleasing to the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit and the strength of that God provides. Amen? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, I pray that you would bless every family watching and those that are here. Lord, for every child, God, I pray that you would protect them. Lord, that they would come to know you and truly be born again and have saving faith. Lord, I pray for marriages, God, that you would heal marriages and heal families. Lord, that you would fill homes with love and laughter. God, I pray that you would be with all of your children, Lord, the singles as well. God, I pray that you would give them patience as they look for a mate. Or if you've given them the gift of celibacy, Lord, I pray that they would be faithful to you and serve you. And Lord, for those that are anxious, are depressed, God, I pray that you would comfort them, that you would draw them to you. And for those that are weak this morning, God, I pray that you would strengthen them. And for those that are sick, God, we pray that you would heal them in Jesus' name.
thank you, God, for the great gift of salvation and the empowering of your Holy Spirit. We receive that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this song to the Lord. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve Him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week.